Welcome back to A View from the Couch. My name is Rich. And I'm Jen. And today we are going to talk about a new A24 movie. I love A24 movies. This one is the smash hit horror flick, Talk to Me. Smash hit? Yes, it's very, very popular. Like the, the, I don't know if it's doing box office crazy numbers, but there are people that are very into this movie. A lot of like... Your typical horror fans too, not just the the folks that like like elevated horror and stuff like that. So in my travels along the interwebs, I have noticed a lot of people are very into this movie. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, I mean it's not doing like gangbusters at the box office, like I said, but it's doing pretty damn good. I mean it came out the same time as Haunted Mansion, so it doesn't it didn't really have like big competition. Mm-hmm. They were projected to have like four or five million opening weekend but they made 4.2 on opening day and uh, on its first day so that was that was their weekend that they were hoping for was four to five and they made 4.2 on their opening day alone Mm, interesting also on rotten tomatoes it is 95 percent fresh by the critics and 82 percent fresh by the audience yeah so it's it's there are a lot of people that are very high on this movie so yeah yeah Interesting. So yeah, smash hit, I guess, for A24. I mean, as far as A24 standards go, these aren't movies that they're made for like wide audiences. So for something like this to do this well, yeah, that's that's a pretty good that's a pretty good win, I think mm-hmm. for them. I would say so. Yeah. Yeah. Since this is a an original film, it's not based on something, it's not a sequel to something, it's not a remake of anything. We can just forego our normal have you seen this? So let, why don't we just jump right in? Why don't you give us the cast and crew, and then we can talk about the movie. All right. So this was directed by Danny and Michael Philippou. It was written by Danny Philippou and Bill Heinzman. It's based on a concept that Daly Pearson came up with. He had a thought of kids getting high off of psychic possession type okay, of thing. Okay, so it is high. It is them getting high. Yeah. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Who is Daly Pearson? I don't no know who idea. that is. Okay. I, I don't know who that is. Right. Maybe a friend of theirs or something? I don't know. Must be. All right. So this movie stars a bunch of newer people. Like, I think a lot of these people, this is like their debut feature film type of thing. Yeah. They're all um, Aussies. Yep. Yep. So we have Sophie Wilde as Mia, Joe Bird as Riley, Alexandra Jensen as Jade, Miranda Otto as Sue. Now, we just saw Miranda Otto a couple weeks ago in War of the Worlds, and yeah. here she is back again. I was going to say, I thought I had seen her before, so she's Australian. I had no idea. <laughs> uh, Zoe Tarakis as Haley, uh, Jet Gaisley as Alex, and Marcus Johnson as Max. Who are Alex and Max? <laughs> I don't remember them in the movie. Alex, I believe, is the friend of Riley, and Max okay. is the dad. Oh, the dad's name. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, the dad's barely in this movie. Yeah, he's, so. he's not in it much, but he's in yeah. there. Okay. He does have an important piece with Mia. Yeah, that'll that'll come to light as we go through the, uh, as we go through the movie. Yeah, here. so I think we just dive right in. Let's you talk about this thing. In? Okay, we can talk about it, but first you have to let me in. This movie Say is... F- no. Say it. Say it. No. Say I let you in. Mm-mm. Do it. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. So the movie opens with a, a a young man named Cole who is going through a house party. It's this interesting like walk through like a 
an Australian house party? Is I this kind of like a one-shot through here? I think so. It felt like it. I don't yeah. know if they assembled it to look like that or if it was actually done with, like, you know, a steady cam and just wandering through the mm. through the, through the the house with him. But it certainly looked like it. But he's looking for his brother, Duckett, which is an interesting name for a person, I guess. I have never heard that name before. I, I haven't either. It might it's be original. a nickname. You never know. Might be a nickname. Turns out Duckett has locked himself in his bedroom. So Cole breaks down the door and gets his brother, who is injured. Apparently he's he's hurt himself or he's gotten hurt somehow. And he takes him out into the living room. But Duckett turns around and stabs his brother in the chest and then stabs himself in the face, killing himself in front of all these partygoers who this have was their a cameras going. Mad opening. Woo. Yes. Boy, talk about in media res, this drops you right into it. Yeah. This I mean, we're gonna come to find out what this really is and how this works, but you don't know what the fuck is going yeah, on. Why like, this guy just hell? stabs his brother and then like stabs himself in the face. I no idea. But we're not going to find out about that. Until I a bit. took it as drugs. Yeah, see, that's kind of where I was going with it as well. That was my first inkling was, okay, so is this supposed to be some sort of... Hallucinogen. Yeah, like a hallucinogen. Is this... Something. Is this some sort of a film that's going to be... Is this a film that's going to be talking about like the drug plague for kids in Australia or something like that? I don't know thematically. A24, I'm automatically thinking this has to be allegory for something. You know what I mean? Like most of these A24 films. They have some kind of theming in there. There's a story behind the story, Mm -hmm. you know? There's an allegory that you're dealing with. Mm -hmm. So my brain is already racing like, okay, are we talking about, like, what are we talking about here? And I don't know anything. I don't know anything about existing in Australia. So, like, whatever whatever they're alluding to, I have no idea. It's great. It's great for a little mental mystery while I'm watching the movie, which works for me. Gave me a nice little jump in my seat, and oh my god, you jumped! (laughs) You jumped like three feet in the air. It was great. So, yes. So, meanwhile, 17 year old Mia is struggling. Her mom had killed herself a couple of years prior, and her relationship with her father Max, as we mentioned, is strained. Mia and her best friend Jade and Jade's little brother Riley sneak out of to a house party that's being held by Haley and Joss, where the main attraction is a supposed to be the severed, embalmed hand of a medium who was apparently able to talk to spirits. And they are supposed to be able to use this hand to conjure spirits by lighting a candle, grabbing the hand, and saying, talk to me. They said the title of the movie. They said it several times in this movie. Yeah. And then once once they do that, you see a spirit flash mm-hmm. up. So we get a little preview. We don't get to see what the, what the person sees that does it. But then Mia wants a turn. And we get to see when Mia grabs the hand and says, talk to me, she gets this flash of like some grotesque being it's just a real quick flash and she lets go of the hand and she's freaking out but she wants to try it again so she goes ahead and tries it again and then we see that there is this deformed bloated creature in front of her and she has to say i let you in so that this creature can possess her basically this is terrifying shit so i okay so you don't believe in any of this no i don't um I, I'm like iffy on possession stuff. Like, I'm not sure. 
I think a lot of it is actual mental health issues that are being not appropriately handled is Still. is is what I think with possessions for the mm-hmm. most part. But I do believe in spirits. I do believe in ghosts. This is like, I will not allow you to have a Ouija board in the house. Like you and Miles <laughs> really want to play with a Ouija board. And I'm like, hell no, that stays out of my house. I, it's sold I don't, by Parker Brothers. I don't want to, I know it's sold by Parker Brothers, but I feel like you're inviting something to potentially come in. And I know you don't believe in that crap and you're rolling your eyes at me right now, <laughs> but I do believe in that. And yeah. it's scary to me. Like it, that kind of terrifies me that you might invite something in that isn't welcome and might terrorize us later. So this is frightening as fuck to me. Like <laughs> like the thought that you are openly, willingly letting somebody, like you're asking them to talk to you and you are asking them to take over your body. Yeah. This is terrifying. And these are kids doing this. This whole time I'm like stressed out for these kids. <laughs> like I was like freaking out for these kids while they're doing this. So yeah. holy crap, whoever came up with this idea, kudos to you because this is terrifying. Well, I mean, it's drug abuse, right? That's what this is. Or not drug abuse, drug use, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we you said that that's what the, that's what the allegory that, was. That, that was. Yeah, the, that's what that he came up with for, for the idea. Yeah, yep. that was the kernel. Mm-hmm. And and it's very obvious, right? It's she, addictive. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Mia, at the first time, she's like, holy crap, I don't know what to do with this. But then she's like, no, 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 I, I want to do that again. Mm-hmm. You know? Very obvious that it's that it's a, an addiction story. Yeah. But this it's also but it's also a grief story. Yes, we are there is. getting we are getting Mia who is not handling her grief over her mother's death. She's not processing it. Mm-hmm. And this is her way of like not dealing with it. Right. Yeah, it's I feel like there's a couple different storylines kind of how our oh, yeah, themings happening behind the story, but definitely, yeah. definitely. Mm-hmm. So the spirit that possesses Mia when she says, I let you in actually like threatens Riley. Uh, like it's going to get you. Or it's going to get You're going to kill you. It's going to kill you or something like that. Mm-hmm. And they, fi- they finally rip Joss and Haley finally rip the hand out of her hand and blow out the candle, which brings Mia back to her normal self. So, Okay. Mia Mm -hmm. says that you see all of this. So she knows what is what she has said. She knows what this thing said through her. Yeah. She said something horrible to somebody she cares about. Right. And she's laughing and, oh, that was great. Blah, blah, blah. She has like her like emotional comprehension right now is gone. Mm -hmm. This is not somebody who is thinking clearly right now. No. First of all, she's a teenager. Secondly, this is obviously a drug. So this is, this is affecting her when you are on drugs, when you're addicted to drugs, you do and say things to people that you supposedly love that are kind of not okay. Mm -hmm. Right. And they don't necessarily, it doesn't necessarily affect you, you know? Oh, the other caveat here is that you are not allowed to hold on to this hand for more than 90 seconds. Which is very important for later. It is very important. It's actually important for now because apparently as they're prying that thing away from her hand and they're picking her back up, Haley says to Mia, went a bit over. We went a bit over, but are you, are you okay? Mm-hmm. And immediately I'm like, well, okay, obviously, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. that's pretty obvious. We went a bit over, you know? I felt like they could have buried that and given us that a little bit later, maybe in the third act, maybe as she's discovering what exactly is going on, mm-hmm. she talks to Haley and Haley says, all right, fine, you went for 93 seconds or whatever, 
you know. Mm-hmm. So, that could have been a little so bit So tip to future buried. people who want to use this thing. Yeah, yeah. Cut it off at maybe 70 seconds. Give right. yourself a little buffer in case that thing is stuck. Yeah, in case you can't pry it out, you know. So. Of course, that doesn't make for a good movie. but <laughs> Mia is now addicted. She's hooked on this. So she wants to do this again. So she gets Haley Joss, Jade's boyfriend, Daniel, and Jade all over to Jade's house like the next night, literally the next night she wants to do this. Mm-hmm. And Riley wants to do the game. Like, so they all do the game and we get this montage of them basically taking drugs, right? They're mm-hmm. all grabbing onto this thing and blah, 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 going nuts. One dude making out with the dog. The dude, yeah, the dude makes out with the dog. That was gross. That, <laughs> that was, was really disgusting. <laughs> really nasty. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. So, and, and I mean, it feels a little train spotting, you know, like that all this crazy shit's happening around. Have you seen train spotting? I'm talking away from you. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. Um, you have no point of reference for that. We'll come back to that. Maybe we'll watch train spotting at some point, but it, it, every drug fueled movie has like these moments where like just this batshit crazy stuff is happening. And that's what we get here. Mm-hmm. They're about to give it up and get going. And Riley wants to go. But Riley's what fourteen? Was that how old he was? Fourteen years 14 old. Fourteen or fifteen? He's just—he's very yeah. young. He's a very young yeah. kid. And Jade says, "No, we're not. You're not doing that." And and Mia, after as Jade and her her boyfriend like leave, they leave the room. They go outside. And Riley proceeds to beg Mia, who's really close with the family, who's always there, is always over there. And he begs her to let him try it, and she says, "Okay, but only for like fifty seconds, not the full 90. You know? This is just a terrible idea. Oh, my God. Yeah. So he gets possessed by the spirit, allegedly, the spirit of Mia's mom. Who they have this moment where they're talking nicely and she's like apologizing to Mia for what happened, that she committed suicide and all this stuff. And there's, it's kind of this healing moment for Mia. Well, no, but she doesn't say she committed suicide. She, well, she does not say she committed right, suicide. Right, right. Okay, you're right. But she said she apologizes for what happened, I guess yeah. is what I meant. Now, do you think this is really Mia's mom? No. Okay, No, I 100% you. don't think this is really Okay, Mia's by mom. the end of it, I, I wasn't sure here, but by the end of it, I'm like, that is not no. her mother. No, it's not. That's the it's these things that are trying to get them to do things yeah. for them. So the time limit goes over for Riley too. Like a lot like over. A lot over. And it's all Mia's fault. Right. It is all Mia's fault because she wants to keep talking to her quote unquote mom. Which I think is just by design. This creature wanted to be able to take possession he of a knew. body. He knew, she yeah. knew, whatever it was, it knew. Yeah, it knew. Yeah. But when Riley's body is completely possessed by the spirit. It smashes his face against the table. Oh, this and is the... so horrible. This was brutal. I mean. I was watching this through my fingers. Yeah. I mean, it was, I, I was like, okay, I have yeah. to watch this, but I don't want to watch this. Oh. this. oh my God. Just absolutely brutal. Like the way that this is shot and the the sound effect of his head hitting the table, his head hitting the, the mantle over the fireplace just brutal and just disgusting. And then he tries to pry his own eye out, <laughs> which... I had to look away on that part. I could shit. not watch that. Like, 
you kind of hear a popping <laughs> to it. I'm like, oh, Jesus, what the fuck? Gross. And, yeah, right? <laughs> like, they, they managed to stop him. They managed to subdue him. They call the police. They call the ambulance. They have to get him to the hospital. So the paramedics come. They take Riley to the hospital. Mia steals the hand because now she's like, I can talk to my mom with this mm-hmm. thing, and I need to talk to my mom. Mm-hmm. Again, the grief thing, not processing what is what has happened to her. So she takes the hand back to her house. She talks to her mom a little bit. She ends up going to the hospital to find out how Riley is doing. But uh, Riley and Jade's mom kind of tells her, don't come back. This is your fault. You gave him drugs. Mm-hmm. We don't want you here. If you come back, I'll call the cops, basically, is how, is how it's presented. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she ends up getting driven home by Daniel. Daniel, Mia doesn't want to be alone. So Daniel says, okay, fine. I will stay over with you. And you, you know, they end up falling asleep in the same bed, but they're head to foot, right? Mm -hmm. And she starts having these weird ass dream where she imagines like this, that gross, big, bloated, nasty demon thing. Yeah is sucking on Daniel's toes or his foot. And when Daniel wakes up, Mia's sucking on his foot. (laughs) Yeah, like she's yelling at him in her, like, dream or whatever it was. I don't know. Yeah. Um, In the dream state or whatever But yeah, I mean, she was, like, whole foot in the mouth there. Yeah, I don't know how she was talking. I I don't think she was really screaming. I I don't think she was really screaming. I think she was... In her mind, yeah. Screaming. No, I know, I know. I just think it's funny. <laughs> and of course, I mean, if someone had my entire foot in their mouth, first of all, congratulations because I got like a wide foot. But <laughs> also, also, that would wake me the fuck up. Like if I, like, I'm not an easy person to wake up sometimes. But if someone had my entire foot in their mouth, I'd be like, the fuck is going on here? That would definitely, that would get me out of bed right away. You know, I got a little bit of executive dysfunction here. Freak me out. I don't always get out of bed right on time, but that I would be up. I'd be up. So what we need to do is you need to get like somebody to like put their foot, put my, my foot in their mouth if you want me out of bed right away. In the yeah, because I'm not doing that. No, I don't want you to do yeah, that either. I don't, no. yeah, that's. I don't have like that kind of foot fetish, so. You, know? <laughs> you have a different kind of foot fetish or? No, what? no, no. Oh, okay, okay. No, no, no. You just don't have a foot fetish at I'm all. I'm not sucking on your toes. Oh, dude. well, that's good. I wasn't asking, but <laughs> shit, this got kinky and weird. <laughs> Just wait till your mom listens to this. <laughs> Great. That's what I needed to hear. So so Mia contacts her mom again, and her mom, Rhea, Mia and Rhea, that's interesting. Rhea tells her that her death was an accident. It was not suicide. And she needs to help, Mia needs to help Riley, who is still possessed, Meanwhile, Riley is attacking Jade at the hospital, and then he smashes his head into a tile wall again, and yeah. then starts licking up the blood from yeah. where he bit his yeah. sister. It is. This no, kid... it's from his head. No, I thought he bit his sister too, right? He. But is it? A, it's his own blood that he's yeah, licking it's his up. Own I thought it was blood. from. I, I took that it was from Jade's hand, but I mean, yeah, because her hand is all wrapped up at this point because he. 
he, I think he bit her earlier. No, no, no. He bites her while they're in the shower. That's okay. That's where he bites her. Okay. So. Yeah, I kind of get mixed up. We've yeah. only seen those ones. So. Right. Yeah, he bit her at one point, but the blood on the floor is from him smashing his head on that cu- that tile. <laughs> this poor kid. Yeah. My God. He's a Come mess. on, Mia. Do better. Right? Yeah. So Mia and Jade and Daniel and Haley and Joss track down Cole, the kid from the, or the young man from the beginning of the movie whose brother stabbed him. He's still alive. And he says, you know, we find out that Joss was the one that gave Duckett the hand that led to his death. And that he says that Riley's body will eventually kick the spirits out. You just have to wait it out. Mm Mm-hmm. How this kid knows this, I don't fucking know, but apparently he knows this. Mia says that they need to complete the ritual because the candle wasn't blown out when Riley freaked out. They never blew the candle out. So they bring the hand back to the hospital to basically try and get Riley attached to a spirit so that they can detach him and blow the candle out, basically like close the door behind Mm -hmm. them. Which I'm thinking this isn't going to work because he can't talk. Right, right. You can't say it for him. So, but it ends up, Mia ends up using it and she ends up contacting a little girl spirit that Mm -hmm. shows her a vision of Riley getting tortured by demons. So this works both ways then. This is interesting. So the spirit can say, I let you in. I let you in. And the person goes into the spirit body. So it goes both ways. That's interesting because the way that this movie is going to end leaves me with some questions then. Mm -hmm. So Mia goes back home where her dad is like, okay, we need to have a talk. I've got the suicide note from your mom. This proves that it wasn't an accident. She really did take her own life. She He reads the thing to her. She doesn't believe it because she's talked to her, right? She's talked to her mom mm-hmm. or believes that she's spoken with her mom. And, and Mia gets really upset about this. So she runs to her room, locks the door, and does the hand thing again, talks to her mom her mom in quotation marks mm-hmm. her mom says that max is lying and that he's going to hurt her right which sets up what happens next basically she gets attacked by a version of her dad a ghost version of her dad like some spirit pretending to be her dad mm-hmm. and but in the real world the door's still locked he didn't break the door down. Max does eventually break the door down because his daughter is writhing on the floor in agony and he wants to try and help. But Jade has a pair of scissors in her hand and she stabs him in the neck. Mm-hmm. Yikes. Like, fucking yikes. Yeah. The, yeah, I, yeah. Okay, so... This was one of those that I had one of those expressions on my face, like jaw open. I had my hand over my mouth and I'm just like going like probably wide eyed staring at the screen going, what am I watching? What is happening? (laughs) (laughs) How could this get any worse for these kids? Exactly. This is, this is again, this is the whole like drug thing, right? They're trying to tell us how bad drugs are, how bad drugs can affect you. Like this is a cautionary tale about kids doing drugs. If you ask me, that's what this is about. And, but what I don't get is there's literally no follow-up to this. Mia goes directly to the hospital because she needs to... She is told by her mom that 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 Riley needs to die in order to be set free. So she goes there and she tricks Jade and Jade's mom into leaving the hospital. 
and then goes into Riley's room. He starts looking like one of the one of the spirits. Mm-hmm. Like he's got no teeth. He's it's old. that old dude that was sucking on the toes. Is that the? It was an old dude. I thought it was an old woman that was sucking on the toes. No, I'm that pretty sure that was the old dude. Okay, dude. so she's seeing the same guy then, and. I took it as the guy. So remember when she's possessed at the beginning, she says there's a creepy guy there who wants to split him in half. Yeah. I took it that this was the representation of that demon thing. Like that, that was the same demon through the whole thing. Okay. So I wonder, okay. So that makes a whole lot more sense. They're talking about sequel to this movie. And I feel like that's going to be the bad guy from the, for the next movie too. Then it could be. Yeah. So, so, she is unable to kill him. She will, she can't bring herself to do it. So she... Thank God. Right? Some kind of sense came to her real quick for <laughs> a brief moment. Now, you, right. you said there was no conclusion to the dad, but if you remember, Jade calls the mom yes, well, and I was says that an ambulance is on the way. Yes. And that's the last we hear of dad. Well, I, I'm getting to that because Jade actually is going to... The, the way that she got Jade away, the way that Mia got Jade away from the hospital is to have her meet her at her house. Mm-hmm. And when she gets there, Mia doesn't come out and she honks her horn. She calls the phone. She doesn't come out. So she decides to just go into the house and she finds the dad there. Mm-hmm. And so obviously, he's st- and he's still alive. Very obviously still alive, but very pale. Mm-hmm. And that's how that's what kind of starts this whole thing like oh my god something is wrong mia is going to do something bad mm-hmm. meanwhile mia is taking riley in a wheelchair and she's leaving with him because when mm-hmm. sue shows back up and jade shows back up the kid's not there and mia's not there then we see we see that she's walking him to the edge of a like a major highway well, because we're coming for s- full circle. You didn't mention, but at the beginning, oh, yeah. yep. Riley and Mia were driving in the car and they came upon a kangaroo that had been hit. Right. And, and it was in obvious pain. Yep. And yep. Riley was telling Mia that he needed, she needed to put it out, put of, it its out of its misery, yeah. but she couldn't do that. Right. Um, so, of course, we're coming out, and she's now feeling like maybe she needs to put Riley out of his misery. Right. That's yeah. exactly what's going yeah. on, and she's she's planning to do it in the same way that it happened to that kangaroo. Mm-hmm. But, so the spirits are basically trying to convince her to push Riley into the, into the traffic, just as Jade is, like, trying to, like, catch up to them. And then we catch the scene where it's the inside of a car, and something like a body mm-hmm. hits the car. But when we pull back, we see that it's actually Mia lying in the road and she's lying in the exact position that that. So how the hell did she get there? Did she get pushed? Did she jump? What she did jumped. she Okay, she jumped. I took it as she jumped, yeah. Okay. That was my thought too was she somehow managed to get herself away so that way she didn't hurt Riley, but right. then threw herself in. Right. I don't know when the realization pops for her that these guys are just trying to get her to kill for them. But somehow she comes to this conclusion. We don't get that information. 
but she jumps. And, and that's she ends okay. Up, I don't need to see that. No, I guess I don't either. But yeah. she ends up in the road in the exact position that that kangaroo was in at the very beginning. But then she gets up and she walks back and she sees that Riley is being comforted by his sister. She He's out of the wheelchair. She's got him cradled in her arms. But then she is instantly transported to the hospital. Mm-hmm. We don't know how. She is covered in blood and just wandering in the halls. She sees a fully healed Riley waking up and talking with his family. She sees her dad in the hallway ahead of her and she tries to get a hold of him. She tries to talk to him, but he turns around and gets into an elevator and then the lights start going out. And then she is completely in the dark. Then we hear the sound of a match striking and a little pinprick of light and she walks toward the light and it's somebody holding his hand out saying talk to me basically Mm -hmm. and she grabs the hand she's on the other side now she's a spirit she's Mm -hmm. one of them Mm -hmm. i noticed too that her fingernails were all mucked up like her mother's was the scratching thing yeah Mm -hmm. yep yeah so it had some visual similarities to her mother there Mm -hmm. yeah so and that's that's the end of the movie that's where it ends we end with the realization that mia is now on the other side of the embalmed hand so I don't know if there's a truly right answer to this because I feel like in reality it does come down to the individual person and stuff. But do you think if her father had told her the truth up front and probably put her into some grief counseling, maybe she would have been all right? Grief counseling would have been very, very good for her. Yeah, I, I think if you have a traumatic death with a parent like that, I feel like you just need to put your kids into grief counseling. I mean, people aren't trained to deal with that. No. Mm-mm. I wouldn't even know how to deal with that with a child. I'd have no clue. I'd be lost. Well, you, that, I mean, you that's need why help. You have, you have, that's yeah. why you have people out there that are trained for this. Mental so. health professionals are there for f- you to, you know, use. Yeah. I feel like that dad failed here because he should have done that with Mia. I don't know if he should have told her about the suicide. I, I, I don't know what you do with that. But, yeah, maybe she would have been a little bit more mentally healthy, but... I think she just so much grief and not in a good place. And this was just kind of a draw. It was kind of a high for her, kind of let her be something and somewhere she wasn't in reality. And look what happened. (laughs) Now, I, I really appreciated the fact that they told this story of grief through a lens of addiction in a way that, Kind of speaks to how sometimes a person who is grieving will turn to things to self-medicate for this. I mean, that's exactly what Sophie is doing. Or not Sophie, excuse me. Sophie? Who the fuck is Sophie? Who's Sophie? Hmm. I don't know. Oh, the actor's name is Sophie. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Well, anyway, it's exactly what Mia, the character of Mia, is doing. Is She's she's self-medicating in the presence of this this great grief that she has and hers and, and Riley's are the only two that go overboard with this. 
mm-hmm. besides the guy at the very beginning, we need him to kind of set the precedent for what's going on in the movie altogether. But the, besides him, the only two that go overboard are the ones that deal directly with Mia. Because Mia talks to her mom through Riley, and Mia is the Mia went over with her time, right? So they were the only two that go over. So I think it's interesting. I think it's an interesting way of of handling that. I don't know again what the socio political situation is like in Adelaide, which is where this is set. I don't know what the you know, the youth drug use scene is like, but I feel like this is rooted in some of some truth there. You know what I mean? Like there are a lot of kids that are addicted to many different things. At first I thought it was screens that they were going to talk about because everybody's filming everything. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? But there are a lot of different ways to express or to be, there are a lot of different things to be addicted to, I guess you should say. Whatever's going to give you that dopamine. A24 seems so. to do a lot of grief movies. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're very good. I, what I like about that is that all these other big movies, they don't deal with emotion, not on a visceral level. I mean, yeah, okay, Tony Stark died, everybody's sad. But by the next movie, we're moving on and we're mm-hmm. doing whatever, right? Mm-hmm. These movies give us that human emotion on a raw and unfiltered level that we don't get in most like major movie you know releases that's i think part of the reason why i like these movies is that they are so rooted in like character development and in these these intense like smaller moments rather than oh everybody's coming together to fight thanos or everybody's gonna fight dark side or whatever you know mm-hmm. um they're they're a nice little respite in that way do you have any other notes? Any uh, do have, tidbits? I do have a big note that I Ooh, came across here. What's the big note? So it is reported that a Talk to Me prequel has already been filmed by Danny and Michael Philippou. Really? It's going to focus on the hand and Duckett story. Oh, so we're going to get the full story of what happened to the And it's guy going the to be like a found footage film through mobile phone social media that type of thing oh that's cool okay i like that all right now while this film has been shot it does not have a release date Mm. and there's no studio agreement yet so we don't have any like concrete when's this going to come out but it is already filmed so it's available should a studio decide they're going to pick it Mm -hmm. up i'm guessing since this is doing well yeah it will get picked up yeah well i know that they're they're talking sequel already I don't know if prequel is going to come out. I don't know if it's going to come out as part of something like a like a physical media distribution right. or something like that. But mm-hmm. I mean, it sounds like it sounds like now these guys these these Philippu guys they have a YouTube channel where they made like short horror films and oh, short okay. like okay. like comedy films and sketches and stuff like that. So I think that's where they where they were discovered, and I feel like what you're describing feels an awful lot like maybe it's something that just popped up on their YouTube or that they shot for their YouTube stuff before they made the movie. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right. I don't know for sure, but that's what it sounds like anyway. So It could be. Who knows? Any other notes that you want to talk about? That's it. Yep. I don't have any other notes, so let's do our thing. Let's do Keep, Rent, or Erase Jen and tell me why. 
All right. You're probably going to think this is crazy, but I'm going with a rent on this. Oh, God damn it. Really? I think a lot of people are going to love this movie. Yeah. And I think this is a decent movie. It's got a good story. It's compelling. It's scary. Mm-hmm. It's terrifying. I don't want to watch this over and over again. And <laughs> okay. that's why sure. it's a rent for me. It's sure. because it has a dark story to it. And you walk away from this going, you know, like, Ugh. and I don't always like those kind of movies. You really yeah. have to be in the right frame of mind to be able to process that. And, you know, I'm not always in that kind of frame of mind. And so while I do think this is a good movie and I think a lot of people will keep this and I think a lot of people will enjoy this for me, I'm probably just going to watch it maybe one more time. I don't know. I don't think it's going to be a regular rotation for me. And it's just because it's one of those movies that like Million Dollar Baby. I love that movie, but I'm not going to watch it a lot. Like very rarely will I watch that because it just it's 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 just dark and sad and kind of makes you feel bad afterwards. Difficult so. subject matter. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So anyways, what, how about you? Well, if you do want to watch it again, you will be able to because I'm going to keep this. Yeah. This is definitely a keeper for me. And it's... I get that this is a dark movie. It's a very difficult film to watch in a lot of ways because it deals with something that's very visceral, something that's very deep-seated in a lot of people. Not just the addiction, but grief. Grief is a hard thing to watch, especially when it's portrayed as well as it is in this film. But I will say that the underlying story for this, the allegorical story of dealing with that grief is enough for me to want to watch this movie again. It's much like Midsummer for me where that movie deals a lot with grief. It's set against the concept of someone falling into a cult because they're they're grieving so much. This is very similar in tone to that if not in visual style. Definitely not in visual style. This is a way darker film visually than Midsummer is, but it, it feels like that. It feels like Midsummer, and Midsummer is a keeper for me. This, then, obviously, is a keeper for me as well. So Fair enough. All right, so what are we doing next week? All right, next week we're going to go back to our Be Kind Rewind, and awesome. we're going to cover Bridge of Spies. Ooh, ooh, Bridge of Spies. Okay, all right. This is going to be an interesting one because it's another one of those based on a true story kind of a movie. Uh-huh. And we know what happened with this last one that we talked about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so let's see how this one goes. Let's see how accurate this one is. <laughs> I think it's I think it's better if you have a more reliable narrator than he did in Catch Me If You Can. So, true I, story. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> All right. So next week, right here on the couch, Bridge of Spies. Thanks for listening, everyone. You've been listening to A View from the Couch, a Space Moose Media podcast. You can interact with our hosts on Twitter by going to twitter.com forward slash view underscore couch. You can also email us at aviewfromthecouch at yahoo.com. If you've enjoyed this episode, please help us get noticed by leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or the podcast platform of your choice. Thanks for listening.